I'm excited about the word today uh, and then even what we've begun uh, this month talking about the year of pay and even the decade of pay. And so we're going to continue on in that. And uh, But before we do, let me just kind of do a little bit of a review of what pay means. And so uh, if we can, I want to put that slide up again. So that way we can kind of see uh, what we're talking about here. So we're doing a little bit of Hebrews. Uh, and so one thing that we like to do here at this ministry, we do, um, you know, from time to time discuss things about Hebrew. And especially uh, being an apostolic and prophetic ministry, we do uh, know that God does some things according to his own calendar, not just the calendar that man created. And so uh, this year that we are still currently in is the year on the Jewish calendar. It's the year 5780. 5780, 5780. And so uh, 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 the key part here is that 80. So not only is it marking a year, but it's marking a decade. Yeah, so this is marking a year and a decade. And so I just kind of want to uh, recap again what we talked about last week. But for those that didn't see, I want to talk about again this week. And we're just going to keep uh, going forth in this because it's a whole lot about the mouth uh, that we have to discuss because of so many transactions that, that take place and what God wants to do. All right, so anyways. Defining pay. Pay uh, actually means it's, it's, it's actually uh, the 17th letter in the alphabet, as you saw there. So it's the 17th letter in the alphabet. And what that letter, what this word, of course, you know, it could also be fate as well, depending on the script, but pay. <laughs> so what that word actually means, it actually means mouth. It means mouth. And so many uh, prophetic people um, have received insight from the Lord and revelation from the Lord. And so really, I'm just kind of just um, just sharing, you know, as well as God has placed it upon my heart to talk about it as well. Um, but many prophetic people have already uh, shared what God has said about not only this year, but this decade, that this year and this decade is the year and decade of the mouth the year and decade of the mouth connected to 80. And of course, we talked about the, the significance of Moses turning 80 and being a mouthpiece for God uh, last Sunday. So you can check that out on our, on our stream as well. Uh, but again, we're going to continue on with pay. pay. So someone to just say right now, this is the year and decade of the mouth. Yeah, say it one more time. This is the year and decade of the mouth of the mouth. And so we're continuing on. There's things that God is speaking uh, that we need to hear uh, specifically to us. But then there's also things that God is saying that we need to hear so that way we can say it in the hearing of other people. All right. So it's going to be so many things that we're going to be dealing with. So, uh, you know, take, you know, want to make sure we take our time because there's a lot of a lot of things, a lot of aspects to cover as it pertains to the mouth. Uh, but we got a decade, <laughs> you know, but things have already been declared. And so we want to echo what heaven has said as well. So it's a whole lot connected to this. But specifically, uh, I want us to turn to Genesis chapter 29. I'm actually going to be reading from the English Standard Version today, the English Standard Version. So Genesis chapter 29 we're going to take a look at some 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 significance here, uh, and so uh, for those that have you know your physical Bibles, you can uh, you know underline some things in physical Bibles. You can kind of see I got my paper Bible here, uh, you know pages on the side as well. Um, so here we go, Genesis chapter twenty nine, and we're going to take a look at our main text is uh, just verses one through ten. So I know I know you all have an appetite for His Word, and so we're going to read. So uh, Genesis chapter 29, verse 1 through 10, English Standard Version, but you can follow along in your translation. Ready? Somebody say, I am ready. Yeah. Then Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the people of the east. 
This is when he meets Rachel. Verse 2, as he looked, he saw a well in the field, and behold, three flocks of sheep lying beside it, for out of that well, in, for out of that well the flocks would water. The stone on the well's mouth, or depending on however your translation, just underline well's mouth, however it reads, but well and mouth, underline that part there. The stone on the well's mouth was large. When all the flocks were gathered there, the shepherds would roll the stone from the mouth of the well. So underline that phrase. If you see mouth and well again, underline that phrase. The shepherds would roll the stone from the mouth of the well and water the sheep and put the stone back in its place over the mouth of the well. All right. So underline that. Okay. So you got it now. <laughs> Verse four, Jacob said to them, my brothers, where do you come from? They said, we are from Haran. He said to them, do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? They said, we know him. He said to them, is it well with them? They said, it is well. And see, Rachel, his daughter, is coming with the sheep. Verse 7, he said, behold, it is still high day. It is not time for the livestock to be gathered together. Water the sheep and go pasture them. But they said, we cannot until all the flocks are gathered together and the stone is rolled from the mouth of the well. Then we water the sheep. While he was still speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. And I'm going to stop at verse 10. Now, as soon as Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, Jacob came near and rolled the stone from the whale's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. My goodness. And so uh, what you see there, and this is going to be, uh, a, you know, a prophetic message here. So what you see here, you, you see, or at least in that translation in particular, you see whale's mouth or mouth of the whale five times, five times in a span of 10 verses that we see here. So you see this account here. So now this is what you want to be able to do whenever you're reading scripture, um, uh, especially, you know, if there's something that is repeated, pay attention to it. If there's some, because there's some spiritual significance, I believe, that is just beyond uh, the sur surface of reading. You know, I remember, you know, taking biblical courses, uh, you know, in a, in a quote unquote secular university. And it was just so interesting, you know, their perspective of reading scripture and history of the Bible uh, because it was so veiled. And I'm like, man, they don't even see uh, what, needs, what needs to be seen. But of course, that comes by revelation of the Holy Spirit. So just pay attention uh, whenever something is repeated, because oftentimes God is saying something that is beyond just what we see. But let's do this first. So let's start at the first. Let's start at the surface. Let's start at the natural realm. So what you see here uh, just on the surface level and it's important in of itself, but what you see here is Jacob is meeting Rachel. I'm not going to go into that whole aspect, but uh, this, is, this is an encounter of love at first sight. You know, recently, it's funny, I recently came across a video, and some of you may have seen other videos like this, but I came across a video uh, where it was at a wedding and at the culmination where it was the pronouncement of, uh, you may now kiss the bride. That brother was so excited. Man, he was looking at his bride. Uh, he lifted the veil and then put the veil back down and just started praising and just started crying and just started worshiping, spinning around. And then he would turn, lift the veil, look at her again and just be like, oh, and so, you know, it was like funny, but yet powerful at the same time. And so I just made mention of that because I was like, man, that just that was just so unique. Uh, but it cracked me up. But I understood where he was coming from. I was just saying, man, I couldn't have waited that long to kiss, you know, kiss my bride. 
But I was feeling him. I was feeling him. And so we see here, we didn't read it, but in the very next verse, you know, Jacob had a similar reaction. So that's on the surface level. He, he saw her, kissed her, wept out loud the whole night. But that's on the surface level. So it was love at first sight. Uh, and of course, you know, God was doing some things even on that. But there's some more to be seen and some more understanding to be gained from this. And this is as it pertains to the wells. And of course, if you had a physical Bible or if you were able to highlight those verses, you know, on a digital, uh, it was mouth of the well or, uh, or the well's mouth. And so that's very important as we talk about the year of the mouth and the decade of the mouth. All right. So wells in the natural, in the natural physical wells, they have significance. They have significance as far as for what they do. And, and you, you can understand this just from common you know, understanding. If you imagine uh, an environment that is a desert place, how important uh, wells can be. So, of course, we know in the natural, wells represent life. They represent life. They are symbolic or, or not even symbolic. They are important to life because of the conditions of the environment. Uh, they help sustain life for people to be able to have water, to be able to drink, not only for animal life, but people life as well. And so, uh, of course, we know without it, uh, uh, the crops without water would fail as well. So we understand that the water uh, that wells contain or what they tap into, they help sustain a community. They help sustain a community, uh, you know, in that regards, because otherwise it just wouldn't be sustainable to live there. So wells are important, you know, uh, you know, in that regards, because, you know, you're going to have a dry place. You're going to have a desert. And society, wells um, also mean something significant. And I just kind of want to read this because I just liked how it was phrased. Uh, it says to possess a well was to be independent. It represents to be independent. And they were often these wells were often inherited from previous generations. All right. That's very powerful. So wells were often inherited from previous generations. So they spoke of the right to live in a given place. I got to say that again. To possess a well was to be independent. And they were often inherited from previous generations. So they spoke of the right to live in a given place. So they spoke of the right, the entitlement to live in a given place. And so uh, you see before the times of Jacob that, that there were wells before that there was contention and people fought over wells. Uh, so that was actually Jacob's father, who, who uh, Isaac, who, who dug wells um, that were connected, long story, that were connected to Abraham. But it just, it just shows uh, this, the, the lineage of wells there. All right. And so wells were also a symbol of blessing and establishment. And so I also noticed that, you know, it also um, kind of is a connection to prosperity in that regards as well. But it's a symbol of blessing. So if wells uh, have a flow, uh, that's also a, a symbol of God's blessing, uh, you know, that, that, that people, that land, uh, that environment. So it's also symbolic. And society saying that, hey, there's a well flowing here, uh, symbolic of, you know, God is here. So it was important in society in that regards. Now, in the spirit. So we got in the natural, we have in society, but also in the spirit. Uh, this is where uh, we get an understanding that is just beyond eyes, that is just beyond common knowledge of men. But this is something that God has spoken of, you know, as well as far as for what uh, wells are symbolic of in the spirit realm, which is just as real. Um, but it's just beyond what we see with our natural eyes. So in the spirit, wells are also symbolic and represent uh, the life-giving flow of God. 
if I can just put it in simple terms. They, they represent a whole lot, but I just want to kind of, you know, keep things simple. They represent the life-giving flow of God. And of course, they also represent, you know, his prosperity as well. Uh, but here, here's another thing that wells represent in the spirit. They also represent points of, of, of new truths or eternal truths that are declared or released. I'm going to say those two things again. So in the spirit, wells, represents the, wells represent the life-giving flow of God, but then they also represent a point where uh, new truths or eternal truths, all connected from the heart of God, are released. So whenever there's a truth presented, often sometimes you might see a well uh, that is there, a natural well that is there, but then a declaration of something that is true uh, that was said. Uh, between people. And so, uh, you know, so it's a, it's a point uh, where truths are declared, all right? All right? So, so we got that there. Now, I had you underline some things in specific. You know, I did it as well uh, because I, I noticed it. Again, it was five times. It was five times that we saw uh, in five is symbolic of grace. And so uh, that might come back up again today. Uh, but we saw it five times that in that translation, the mouth of the well or the well's mouth. And this is the year and decade of the mouth. So now what is the significance of mouth? Mouth, that terminology, that phraseology has significance there. And so even when you go in the Hebrew uh, for uh, that translation uh, of mouth, it's that same word, pay, P-E-Y, because pay means mouth, right? But then also uh, in this uh, terminology here, because there's different kinds of ways that mouth can be used, mouth in this uh, uh, context is also talking about the opening of. And so it's the opening or the entrance points, if you will, uh, of a river or a well. That is significant. That is significant. So now we're talking about mouth uh, being the opening point of a river or a well. So now when you think about it, they use it as an expression as it pertains to a well. But now when we talk about our own mouth, when we talk about our own mouth, we know that our own mouth as well is an opening point. Yeah. Our own mouth as well is an opening point for uh, the release of some things or for the receiving of some things. So again, it's a transaction point to where we speak some things, to where we declare some things. And so uh, it is very important. So now when we have that understanding between the natural and society as well as in the spirit, uh, we get to see some things unveiled even in this text right here. Even in this text right here. And so I'm excited about it. Your mouth, your lips. Your mouth, your lips are a transaction point for truths. Your mouth, your lips are a transaction point for things to be received and things to be released. And so now with the importance of that in society, so that means that your very mouth is important in society. <laughs> what, you what you receive, what you declare is important, is, is, is important in society. And so with the significance of that, of this year, of your mouth, of your lips, don't you think that the enemy would have plans to try to frustrate, to try to block, especially with him understanding, oh, if this is the year, and we, I've talked about it before, but I think I need to say this again, uh, him understanding that this is the year slash decade of the mouth, then of course he's going to have his own voices or people uh, who he can use to be able to declare and to speak things, to try to block what God would have, all right? And so what we see here in this text now, we see at this well that there was a stone covering the well. 
There was a stone covering the well. And so I want to talk a little bit about what this stone, so just, so just, uh, just, just catch this, these things in the spirit of what this stone can represent in the spirit. Because I believe that the enemy has tried to set up a stone, uh, you know, or set up stones, if you will, in this, in this year, in this decade, and then even in our own lives to be able to stop the flow. Be able to stop the flow. But guess what? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Even some of the lies that have come forth that may have been spoken against you that has served up as a stone. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But guess what? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So some things that the stone and these, this thing just kind of came. I've, I've never read this like this before. I've always read this text, you know, looking at it as Jacob and as Rachel and kind of kept on and, and you know, read for, for other parts, you know, in this chapter. Uh, but this time around, I, you know, it really I was drawn to this and saw this in a totally different way. And I do believe that it's, you know, revelation, you know, the Holy Spirit. So this stone represents the stone represents number one or what it can possibly represent. Uh, what I saw here in this text, it represents the traditions of men. When we think about things that can hinder and stop the flow. Things that can hinder and stop the wellsprings, the life-giving contents that you contain from coming out of your mouth or from coming out of the mouths of God's people in this season. The traditions of men. That's number one, the traditions of men. So why do I say that? Here you have in Jacob an anointed shepherd. And I thought it was very interesting because when he comes to the well, uh, he says this. Uh, you, 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 matter of fact, let me just read it again. Let me just read it again. I just want to go back to that verse. Verse 7. When he saw that the large stone was over the mouth, there, there we go. He said, behold, it is still high day. It is not the time for the livestock to be gathered together. Water the sheep and go pasture them. So he was there giving them, and I just want to just had to read that, that verse just so I could share the context of the traditions of men. And so, of course, and the men responded. As a matter of fact, I might as well just read, you know, that next part. But they said, we cannot until all the flocks are gathered together, verse 8, and the stone is rolled from the mouth of the well. Then we water the sheep. And so I just said this. So there right there, it just gave me, a, you know, understanding of just traditions of men. So they had a certain way. So let me just kind of paraphrase that. Jacob said, hey, why are you doing this like this? There's, 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 there's a, a better way. There's a more efficient way. But then they said, hey, you know, we cannot do this. We cannot do this. So in other words, we don't do that here. And some of you maybe have experienced environments or been in situations where you've come against or you've encountered uh, the traditions of men and it has stood like a stone. You're saying, hey, you know what? Uh, you, you're trying to come with all this, this new way of talking, a new way of doing things, but we don't do that. We don't accept that. We have our own tradition. We have our own way of doing things. And so we're, gonna, we're just going to sit here and wait till everything is all right and whatever, whatever. And so the traditions of men can be something that cuts off the flow. And we've seen that so many times in, 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 in Jesus' ministry on earth that it was the traditions of men that he had, uh, that, he, that he encountered, that, that came against him, I should say, the most. And it was their, their wrong understanding of traditions and what God has established. And so number one, that was the traditions of men. But here's number two that I think that this stone can represent. It can also represent the fear of men. 
Oh, my goodness. Because it might seem like that it was good and wise on the outside to be able to cover the well. In the practical sense, I want to put that in, in, in quotes there or even in uh, uh, quotations or common sense. Uh, you know, they may have covered the well to prevent uh, tampering from men or also to cover the well from the conditions of the environments or of the weather elements. So it may have seemed to have made sense. But how many of you know that over a period of time that that which has been established for protection can eventually become prevention? I need to say that again. That which has uh, been established for protection can prevent can eventually uh, become prevention if there needs to be something that has to be open in the now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I could say that any better, but sometimes. OK, so 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 here we go. Even when we think about our own lives, sometimes we may have protected ourselves. Maybe we may have hardened ourselves for for certain things to maybe to to help endure. And it could and it could have been a good thing. Maybe we have protected ourselves emotionally from people or emotionally from circumstances. And those things have become a stone to protect us to make sure that, that we aren't tampered with and things of that nature. But when there is time for, th for, that, for us to be opened up to something new or opened up for something to be released out of our lives or for a flow to be able to come forth, that thing that once protected us can become a prevention because now we're waiting for circumstances to be right before, things up, before we open up. Oh, Thank you, Holy Ghost. So that thing that was once a protection becomes a prevention and we get conditioned to it. And so we get used to it. It was like, hey, you know what? This stone is here. And so now what other people have said, we take it on ourselves. Hey, you know what? I'm just not going to do this because it's just not the right time. Or I'm just or, or how many times have we found ourselves waiting for for everything to be gathered together, for all the circumstances to be right? Before we, before, before we step into flow <laughs> or before we release flow. So again, it's the traditions of men uh, can be a stone that, that, that hinders the flow. Oh, but then it's also the fear of men. Well, what are people going to say? What are people going to do? How many times have we thought or stopped something because of what people were going to say and it has become a stone or a block in our lives? Ah, so anyways, we don't want to be able to do that. And then sometimes, you know, we even protect ourselves. It's like, well, man, you know what? I don't want to gauge in the world because I don't want to become contaminated. And then we stop uh, or, or we hinder, I should say, what God wants to be able to do in a community or in a family because we feel that we're going to get dirty. <laughs> but Jesus even said this. He says, look, it's not what goes into to a man's mouth. He gave this illustration uh, it's not what goes into a man's mouth that contaminates him. It's what comes out of him. So I just say that to say this, while the world is, 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 is growing and, and, and there's a wax gross of darkness and things going on, it's not for us to just be in a land of just, I'm just going to protect myself from the world. No, 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 no. God protects us. Well, we got to engage and be light and release this flow, his flow in the name of Jesus. So I say all that to say this. We don't worry about the fear of men. In that regards. All right. The third thing uh, that I see here uh, or, or, or that I believe that was shown to me in this regard. So we got the traditions of men. We have the fear of men. But then we also have this dry places. 
We have dry places. And I saw this to be interesting because Jacob said this. He asked the man. He said, brethren, where are you from? And the brethren said, we're from the land of Haran. We're from Haran. And the reason why I say that, Haran actually means mountaineer, but it also means dry places. Mm. So if I can just say it this way, they said, we're from the land of dry places. So it's the dry places that can hinder and prevent flow as well. The things that we don't allow God to be able to touch or allow his flow to be able to impact our lives. Those things where uh, his presence that we, that we don't want him to be able, be able to invade because guess what? Because we're trying to protect ourselves, right? So it's like, well, Lord, I don't even want you to touch this. I don't want to change this because I'm protecting my emotions. I've been hurt before, but God says, look, I... I Look, if you keep trying to protect yourself, you're, it's going to become dry. So I'm calling you. That's what God is saying. I'm calling you from dry places. Oh, this is so good. Why is that significant? Because Haran was the very same place that God called Abram from. He says, get up now from the land of Haran and go to a place that I will show you. In other words, I want you to leave the dry place and come to the land of promise. So these people were coming from, and in essence, we see here still stuck with a mentality of a dry place. And so we as the people of God don't want to model that dry place. We don't want to dry that old crusty thinking, those old traditions, those old way of doing things. God, we thank you for a new flow, God, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> the dry places are where there's no flow or no manifest presence of God. Ah, the dry places are no flow or where there's no manifest presence of God. And here's one thing that I've noticed, uh, and maybe we've seen this, but maybe if you've, <laughs> maybe if you've been thirsty before, or sometimes you see this people that may have been a desert place, and when they finally do receive water, maybe this illustration is for something, but I gotta say it, uh, that they might that they might choke. It's like, here's something that is good, but it might choke on it. Why? Because they hadn't received it before. They've been so dry. So I just say all that to say this. Keep letting the flow, even in the, keep allowing the presence and allowing the word of God to be able to touch those places in your lives. Or you be a flow in somebody else's life and just remain a constant there. Keep presenting them with the word. Even if it's in a dry place, because guess what? Even if, they, even if it might seem like that, they, that those people are choking on what you're presenting, it's because they've been so dry. It's because they've been without water that even a good thing can agitate them. But as long as it continues to flow, it will bring revival and refreshing. And that's what I believe that things are opening up in this year, in this season, because there's been some parts of this land and in this nation and in in the lives of our family that have been parched. They've been in those dry places, but God says, hey, I'm calling you forth for such a time as this to be able to speak to those things and to be able to do something. But one more thing that I believe that the stones uh, can also represent. So let me say this again. The stones represent, or the stone can represent the traditions of men. And we see these things in society today. They can represent the fear of men that block flow. These are some of the things that can hinder the flow. And, or can close up the mouth, close up the opening of us to be able to declare and speak things or to where things are received. The traditions of men, the fear of men. The third thing was the dry places. But then I also saw this as well, culture, because it's actually a combination of all these things. This is the fourth thing. It's the culture. But let me be more specific, a closed culture. 
Oh, and this part to me was very strong because I believe that, uh, that the enemy is trying to present a closed culture or a closed society this present day uh, in our year, in our times, and in our land, even now. So let me just speak to this part right here. So it's their traditions, them coming from dry places. Uh, it's all, it all compromises or it all makes up their culture, their way of doing things. Oh, this is so good. The reason why I say that, because Jacob uh, noticed this, or, 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 we, or we see here, uh, let me just pull it up in Scripture again. Uh, I just need to uh, I just find it, because I thought it was uh, important. So here we go, verse 3. And when all the flocks were gathered together, the shepherds would roll the stone from the mouth of the well and water the sheep and put the stone back in its place over the mouth of the well. So it was their culture to be able to do that. Even if it was something that was for a moment, uh, their, their culture was to put the stone back over the well. <laughs> so I just say all that to say this, that there, I believe just even today that there was a rising culture that says, hey, you know what? We appreciate church. You may have been speaking or you may have been declaring things, but we want to shut you down. Oh, we want to close. We don't want anything open right now. Oh, Rocco said, we don't want you gathering. <laughs> We just want things to be held off until certain things, until, until, until it is the right time. <laughs> and then we'll let you gather. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Then we'll let you gather. So it's a closed culture. It's a closed culture that's trying to prevent uh, 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 the church, that's trying to prevent uh, the opening of some things that God, and it's not going to, uh, but try to prevent the opening of some things that God, has do, that, that God desires to do. So Jacob noticed that. He noticed that. He noticed the traditions of men. And he was seeing these things, I believe, at least in the natural. <laughs> but we're going to share some more. But again, it was a closed co culture. So it's a closed culture, if you allow it, the closed culture that we even see in our society from then to now that can try to prevent your mouth from speaking some things. Closed culture, or if I can put it in parentheses or in another terminology that we use today, cancel culture. Oh, so if we can look at it like that, a cancer culture, that might help somebody uh, understand what I'm talking about, a cancer culture or a closed culture. Trying to shut down, try to prevent the church. Um, I've even heard some things like this where you've got some men and women of God whose very social media accounts have been uh, either demonetized or shut down or closed because of them declaring and speaking truth. And so you have this closed culture. And so when you notice things like that, you can very well become... Uh, 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 adopted to that culture and say, well, hey, this is the new norm. I'm not going to open my mouth. I'm just going to close it. I'm just going to put a stone over it. Oh, but that's not going to be the case. <laughs> not in the year slash decade of the mouth. And so uh, needless to say, even in the midst of us presenting the truth or presenting some wisdom, that's just our responsibility. Jacob said, hey, why don't you do this? The men from dry places say, well, hey, we don't do it that way. This is what we do. Fine, whatever. So be it. But then Jacob decided to do this once he saw Rachel. <laughs> once he saw the flocks coming anyways. This is what he said. This is what he did. Jacob, oh, let me just go to the scripture. I just want to read it. It's always good to go to the word. Let me just go back to the scripture. Here we go. Let me see if I can find it. Let me see if I can find it. Some of you are already there. Um, oh, yeah, here we go. 
Verse 10, sorry, last, last scripture. Now, as soon as Jacob saw Rachel, come on, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, Jacob came near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. So he was like, in other words, y'all ain't going to do it, but I'm going to roll the stone. Y'all can sit there and do what you want to do, but I'm seeing this beautiful woman and I'm seeing this flock, so I'm going to roll the stone away. Now, here's the thing about it. It was a large stone, and I don't see here in any context that he had help in, in removing it, but because of the love that was on the inside of him that was already there, and I'm going to tell you why, because Jacob had actually come from a place, so he was already stirred. He was already activated in some things I'm going to share in just a little bit, but he rolled the stone away. He rolled the stone away. So somebody just say, roll the stone away. Just declare out of your mouth, roll the stone away. What makes this so strong is because Jacob was not only just Jacob, but Jacob represents a generation. But not only does Jacob represent a generation, Jacob represents a nation. Oh, two things, two things. Because scripture says this, my goodness, uh, it was in Psalms, David wrote about the we, we, we are the generation of Jacob that seeks his face, that seeks the face of God. But then Jacob's also later on, uh, you know, after uh, marrying Rachel and later on down the line, Jacob had his name changed to Israel. So we see Jacob represents two things. He represents a generation and he represents a, a nation. So now what I see here, we have a generation and a nation that says, hey, you know what? We're not going to be shut up anymore. Not in this year, not in this season. We're going to rise up and remove the stone. Those traditions that have blocked flow, those fears that have blocked flow, those closed cultures that have blocked flow. We're going to rise up right now and roll the stone away. Because we cannot just sit here for the status quo. No, 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 no. So we see here this, it's, it's something because this rolling, rolling stone, there's a theme here. Or this payroll, that's the pun there in today's title, this pay and roll, we see that there's a theme here. We see that a stone is rolled away here, but when's another time that you've heard of a stone being rolled away? Oh, y'all remember Lazarus, right? Oh, here is Jesus, the living water. Here is Jesus that seeing his dear friend, Lazarus, that has been dead for four days. And then he comes to the grave, and I'm not going to go into the whole point. You can go to uh, at your own time. It's in John chapter 11 if you want to read about it. Extremely powerful. Oh, extremely powerful. But here he sees the stone, but then he says this, take the stone away. Then what is the response of the people? The fear of men? They said, whoa. We're not going to take the stone away. Lazarus has been in here for four days. He's going, it's going to be a smell that comes out. Oh, so it was the fear of men that came forth, right? So we see the fear of men, but Jesus said, take away. Uh, I, I can, I can, um, maybe it's my personality, but you can imagine them clapping hands. Take away the stone. Some of y'all need to just say that right now. Take away the stone. Clap three times for the three flax that's on their way. Take away the stone. So Jesus tells them to take away the stone. Why? Because I'm about to declare some things. Oh my goodness. 
Oh, so let me just say this. This, this is so good. People are looking what's, for what's safe. People are looking for what's safe when God says, take away the stone so that way we can release the supernatural. We want to take the supernatural over safety any day. We want to take the supernatural. We want the release of the supernatural over what's most crowd-pleasing. Because safety is what's crowd-pleasing. They had a certain thought. The crowds even today have a certain way of thinking. We want to take away, we want to remove the safety so that way the release of the supernatural can come forth. Oh, my goodness. And then here, here's another Rolling Stone example because now you have that moment, and I believe that Jesus was not only speaking to then, but then he was also declaring some take away the stones for something that was about to take place even in his own life because he even has his own Rolling Stone experience. We know about it. It was with the resurrection. The Bible doesn't speak specifically who. I just believe angels uh, rolled the stone away so that way he could come forth in the glory and in the power and in the resurrection and life in the newness in which we were to live in. Oh, so, so the stone was rolled away. The people, the soldiers said, or, or they said when they came to Jesus' gravesite, they said they saw the stone rolled away. Oh, so we see this removing of stone. And so I just believe even now in this year 5780, coming up on 5781 slash 2020 in the Gregorian calendar, that stones are being removed and rolled away. Maybe it could have been some stones that have hindered the full flow because maybe even the church got into tradition. Maybe even the church uh, got into a certain culture that God says, hey, you know what? There's got to be a new, a fresh release of waters because there is a flock that is coming. Oh, and I believe, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, because there is a flock that is coming. And so there is some activation. There is some activation, or there, there is some activation, meaning that something, uh, we need to be an activist, I should say. I think that's a better, that's to be, because we have this, this terminology, activist now. So what we want to be, we want to be an anointed activist. You don't want to just be an activist acting out on your own. So you want the anointing. Jacob was anointed. Jacob was anointed. <laughs> Woo. So here's how I know he was anointed. The previous chapter before, you know, you, we're, not, we're not going to go there. But the previous chapter before, Jacob had just come from a place of encounter. Y'all have heard of Bethel, right? So the previous chapter before, Jacob had, was, you know, was traveling, coming to this, coming to this uh, uh, land, you know, Laban, well, coming actually to find a bride. Oh, wow. There we go. He was coming to actually find a bride. And while on his way, he came to a point in his journey where he was laying down to rest and he laid his head on a stone on the ground. And then he saw a dream and God spoke to him and said, hey, Jacob, the ground that you are laying on is I'm giving it to you and your descendants as a possession. So it was a place of encounter, and, and Jacob saw uh, what appeared to be angels upon a ladder. For those that have heard Jacob's ladder, you know, ascending and descending from earth to heaven. So he saw that in the previous chapter. So he has this strong encounter. So he's coming in this anointing, right? Jacob is coming in this anointing, um, uh, coming from a place where he had one moment of a stone, which became a foundation, but then he saw another stone that was a hindrance. Okay, but anyway, to say all that, to say this, uh, he's coming from this place of encounter. So now he's already activated. He's already had an encounter. He's already met the Lord on the ground. 
So he's already activated to be able to remove the stone. He's already in a flow to be able to remove the stone, to be able to water a flock. Or flocks, I should say. So he is anointed for this. So somebody just say, I am an anointed activist. Oh, just say it right now. I am an anointed activist. Christ has anointed me, there we go, to be active. <laughs> Jesus says this in John chapter 7, verse 37 through 39. I'll read it from the English Standard Version again. He says, on the last day of the feast, and this was actually the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacles, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet, meaning at that moment, the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. But now, because the stone has been rolled away and we have received the Spirit, I believe that same statement still applies, but it is available because there is no stone covering the well. Jesus himself being living waters and Jesus himself now being on the inside of us and saying, hey, come to me and drink for everybody that is thirsty. So now we have, oh, this is what God is saying in this year and in the mouth of the decade or in the decade of the mouth that there are flocks that are thirsty. There are flocks that are thirsty. There are flocks that are parched. There are flocks that are dried. There are flocks that are wounded. There are flocks that are hurting. And God is saying, hey, come to me and drink. But guess what? They can't necessarily hear him, or at least not all of them. So that's why he needs some of you as well to be well. <laughs> he needs us to be well so that way we can release the flow. And that way the flocks can drink. And so we have to be activated because guess what? We're not wells that are just stationary. We're moving. We're about throughout communities, even in the grocery store. And we hear people that are thirsty. So we have to give them water and not, and not put a stone over our own mouths. Or not be so protected and be like, well, man, I don't want to offend anybody. Or I don't want to hurt. Guess what? The water might agitate because they're dry. But they still need to drink. They might react a certain way. <laughs> well, that's what happens to dry people. When they encounter water, they choke. But the thirsty will continue to drink because they understand that this is providing life and revival for me. Oh, yeah. Someone just say right now, the flocks are coming. Yeah. And so we speak to every rock. We speak to every rock, to every stone that, 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 has, that has been symbolic of whatever in people's lives. And we say like Jesus said at the mouth of the grave, take away the stone. And so I'm encouraging you, take away the stone in the name of Jesus. Now, here's one other thing here. So when you look about payroll, just even in the natural, what do you think about payroll? Payroll is something that a company has that, 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 that's designated to let them know who is entitled for payment and receiving, and receiving within their company. So I just, that just illustration just came to me to say all that, to say this, uh, because of the wells that we are entitled to the flow. We are entitled to the flow. So someone could just say, Lord, I thank you that I am on your payroll. <laughs> Lord, that I am on your payroll. That as I am a mouth uh, for you, 
that the stone has been rolled away and that I am receiving the blessing, I'm receiving the grounds, I'm receiving the inheritance of the supernatural flow uh, released in my life. In the name of Jesus, that's part of being an activist. So what you have to do now, uh, just one thing that helps, even if there's been any stony place in our own hearts or in your own heart, then you begin to speak to the rock and say, I'm t I take away that stone. I roll away that stone in the name of Jesus. I roll away that fear. I take away that, that tradition uh, that has been blocking flow, that mindset, that mentality, or even that spirit. I take away that fear of men. I take away of that fear of being, um, <clears throat> you know, of even hurt. Not saying that you, you, you're not, um, that you don't use wisdom, but sometimes, you know, it becomes a prevention. Uh, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost, for the illustration. Because I realized the Lord just started showing me uh, some reason, some, some reason, some part of my, uh, you know, having a tendency sometimes where I don't say certain things is because, you know, it's just personality. Again, I've mentioned it before. Uh, I'm not the most talkative person. But there have been other occasions when I was supposed to speak, but then that thing that uh, there was a prevention because of something that has been a protection over my life. Here's why. The Lord reminded me and showed me. He's like, when I used to live outside of Atlanta and the schools that I went to, I saw a lot of fights. And I saw a lot of people get beat up. I mean, a lot of people get beat up because of what came out of their mouth. And so for me to be able to, quote unquote, survive in that environment, because I was the new kid, for me to be able to survive in that environment and to get by, uh, I chose not to say a whole lot. Because I literally remember... One person, it was in the gym before school started, some dudes that didn't even go to the school came busting into school and jumped this kid. It was like a gang of people. And I heard this kid that got jumped, he was talking some stuff out of his mouth. So I started seeing all this kind of other stuff in the school systems. And, I was, and so the, I, the way I interpreted it, it was like, well, man, I'm just not going to say nothing because I'm seeing people get beat up. So now that became a protection for a season, but it became a prevention. So now what I have to actively do is make sure that I don't put that stone back because of uh, thinking that it's personality when it's not. Oh, that is so good. So you don't take that stone that has been a, a protection and roll it back into your own life because it can become a prevention. Maybe certain things that you've used as a protection and God said, hey, don't roll that stone back. Don't roll that stone back. I need you to stay open because of how I need to flow in your life in this season. Well, God, what about this circumstance? What about those people? God says, hey, I will protect you. I will keep your waters pure. But don't roll the stone back because there are flocks that are coming that need to receive something out of your mouth or out of what you're writing. So don't allow any tradition or, or hindrance to stop the flow or cover the well of your mouth in this season. Glory to God. Somebody say, I am activated. I'm going to say this for, for the younger generation. They know this, but for the younger generation, and maybe older, and I'll explain it, but for the younger generation, this is a play on words, what we're, what we're about to say. Just say, I declare no cap. <laughs> no cap. No cap is a, is, a, is, a, is a current urban phrase for those that don't know. No cap means no lies. But then I also use that as a cap because I started thinking, you know, cap is something that covers. So we just declare right now, no cap. We're just going to make some declarations right now in the name of Jesus. I declare no cap over my mouth. I declare no lies. I declare nothing covering my mouth when truth has to come forth in this season. Whether it be family, friends, foe, pick an F. 
family, friend, or foe, they're going to catch this truth, no cap. In love, because that's what we're flowing in, in love, but no cap in the name of Jesus. So declare again, or you can put it in the chat, I declare no cap. I declare no cap in the name of Jesus. Come on. Here's another declaration and prayer that I'm saying because we're just in that, in that vein right now. This is prayer slash declaration. So that's, where, that's what we're doing right now. But here's another thing that, that came to me, uh, and maybe this can apply to you or someone that hearing it now or even later, but it was real specific. But if you felt like, I need to read this, if you felt like you were in a certain flow of, of creativity, or if you were certain, or if there was a certain flow of joy or boldness, then may the stone, I declare, and we declare as a body, we declare that the stone be rolled away that has been covered or been stifling or been blocking or capping your creativity, your joy, or your boldness. Those three things really came to me strong, so I want to make that declaration. If there's been any creativity that's felt like that it's been capped or stifled. Oh, yeah, because even creative people can fall into the... Um, uh, uh, the fear of fall under the fear of men, and then your creativity gets capped, or your joy that's where your strength is, or your joy can get capped because of circumstances, or even boldness. Creativity uh, comes against the traditions of men, joy uh, comes against the fear of men, and then the boldness comes against the culture that closed culture. So, those things. Uh, the God says, hey, and I declare and I partner with you and, you're, and you speaking to that stone. We declare the stone, take away the stone. So now, God, I thank you for the release of angels. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for the release of angels to remove those stones in the name of Jesus. And let your creativity flow. Let your joy flow. Let your boldness flow. Come on, the righteous are bold as a lion. Let your boldness flow. Oh, and the spirit of God that we have received now. One of the first things that Acts says, it empowered them. It gave them boldness. Yeah, so let the boldness come forth in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Sometimes we look back even upon our youth or when we were younger and say, man, I remember when I used to be so radical or I used to be so free. Well, guess what God renews? He renews youth. And some of that renewal comes from taking another drink or just even going deeper in the flow. That's one thing I love about wells. They tap into water that's flowing. It's already something that is flowing. So wells, as long as you just dig deeper, and if you may have felt a dry spell, then God says, hey, just come further in my presence. Dig even deeper because there's always some fresh springs flowing in the spirit. There's always some fresh, fresh springs flowing in the kingdom. 